What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow, and today we have the one and only beautiful, and let me tell you, she is absolutely beautiful and so pure and radiant, Brianna Zananiri. Her husband and I are BFFs and married, and we have the, like, one of the greatest gifts of that is that we get to be friends, and so I love this powerful entrepreneur, faith-filled woman. Um, She is so good at going after the things that God has put before her with excellence and success. And so I feel there's a lot for us to learn from her today. So all of you entrepreneurs out there, all of you who have family members who have gone through addiction or have really battled things in the past, there is so much to overcome through Christ Jesus and living a life set apart. And she shares very intimate details of her story growing up um, and where she is today and how amazing God is. And so without further ado, let's hop on in to this week's episode of Set Apart with our guest, Brianna Zananiri. What's up, Set Apart fam? I'm super pumped about today. This is going to, we're going to kind of go for like the jugular in a good way. This is going to be an amazing episode about a transformative like lens from who my friend thought God was to who God really is. And I think that this is going to be super encouraging for many of you and your family units and what you grew up around and where you are now, and maybe some of you feel frustrated with where you are now, and you're wanting more hope, and you're going to get infused with hope today. And so my friend, Brianna Zananiri, who is a wonderful entrepreneur with Brianna Walters Digital Media Company that she owns. I love all those powerful female entrepreneurs out there. What's up, girl? Welcome. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Just to clarify, Zananiri, because I just got married a few months ago, um, and then Walters was my maiden name, so that's the Isn't it kind of awkward though? Like I remember I would sign my artwork as Jamie Lynn because I knew I'd get married one day. So then I wouldn't have to like go through and change. So then I could just add my last name on my paintings one day. So it was, I just kind of, I didn't know what to do. It's so weird, but when you're like in business, you think of branding like that and yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I think I'm just going to keep it that way, but definitely change. I love it. I think it sounds cool too. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Okay, girlfriend, let's Let's dive in. Also, BT Dubs, our husbands are best friends. So this is super special. And I remember the first time I had coffee with you, um, Mm -hmm. I was like, because you know, naturally I was, you're protective because your husband is like a brother to me, straight Mm up. Like we have friends, but he's like a brother. He feels like family. His mom, your mother-in-love is my spiritual mom. Mm -hmm. So naturally I felt protective. And I remember grabbing coffee with you and I was like, he hit the jackpot. (laughs) Thank you. Cause I feel like I hit the jackpot with him. He's amazing. You did. You both hit the jackpot. It was really beautifully matched. And I was excited that I felt like I was getting a gift out of this too, by having you as a friend in my life. So, and I feel so inspired by you in your life. So this is another area that for many of you, like I know, I know bullet point views and I know you've shared with me over coffee too, a little bit, but we're going to dive deeper into your story and your history with God and mm-hmm. how you used to view him. So could you start? And, you know, of course, this interview is all about you. So if I ask you one thing, you can take it another way or whatever you want to do. It's all, okay. this is your, this is your time to encourage our audience. Um, so would you tell us what you grew up with and how you viewed God? Sure. So 
Growing up, um, I had a father who was addicted to drugs. Uh, more specifically, I think it was cocaine. Um, and so some of my earliest memories that I can remember as a child were not good ones. Um, I remember some of my earliest memories are, you know, being in back of a backseat of a car and my mom knocking on drug dealers doors, threatening them, asking for our stuff back, um, you know, watching my parents fight, uh, you know, so a, a lot of things you should not see or know as a kid I experienced. And so always had to hide our, our valuables. We couldn't leave money around. I think my mom um, later told me in my adult years that she used to sleep with the car keys and her socks or like under her pillow. And she would put her purse and our values, um, valuable things in her, in her car. But what was so crazy <laughs> living through all of that is um, I grew up in church and so I knew the Lord. And so on Sundays, my parents would act a certain way. And then during the week, it was just like a completely different story. So I almost felt like I was living this double life. And my dad would go um, on some months where he would be clean and he was doing things for the Lord. And then he would go other months um, binging. And so my view of God was just very twisted because I grew up in the church. I knew of knowing the Lord um, and I saw him do miracle after miracle. I saw him answer other people's prayers, but I never understood why my prayers weren't getting answered. And so when my dad was good, I felt like I was on good terms with the Lord. And when my dad was back on drugs, I questioned everything about him. And so when I turned 18 and I was able to move out of the house, um, I did so. I just did not want to be a part of that environment. I had lived that way for 18 years. And that came with some guilt because I do have two younger sisters. We're very far in age. One of them is six uh, years apart from me and the other one is nine. So I felt very guilty for leaving them there. But then I was also like, I need my own sanity. I can't continue to, to live this way. And so I ended up moving to Austin and I, I never partied in high school. So for a whole year in Austin, um, I went buck wild pretty much. I think if you want to party, Austin is probably like the city to go to and do that. And so for a whole year, party didn't go to school. And, um, and so finally, after a year, I was like, all right, I need to settle down because responsibility is part of my personality. So I knew I had to go to school. And so um, I came over here to San Antonio. And, you know, still, still living that lifestyle, but just um, not as hard as I, I used to because I was in school. And so I uh, went to school or came to San Antonio, been here ever since, uh, came to school to be a reporter. I absolutely hated school. I did not like school growing up. And so I was like, well, what can I get away with? <laughs> that seems pretty easy. And I remember from a young age, I really loved either being in front of the camera, behind the camera. I used to like make my sisters do like music videos and I would record them. And so I decided to um, become a reporter. And so I did a few internships here in San Antonio that exposed me to that world and I really loved it. And so 
when I graduated college, um, I think that's when I started partying harder again. And so it was like three or four times a week, just getting trashed all the while, you know, all that stuff is still going on at home. Yeah. Even, and even while partying, I had like a smidge of conviction because I grew up knowing the Lord. So your family. So how far away from you're in San Antonio, but where is your family living while you're in San Antonio? They are in the real grand Valley, which is four hours South of here. So it is like tip of Texas border Mexico. Right. Yeah. But I I pretty much knew everything that was still going on at home because of my sisters. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I had like a smidge of conviction while I was partying. There were some nights where I would be like, I should not have been behind the wheel, but I was like, you know, getting drunk. And then I would get in my car and I would turn on Christian music for the drive home, asking the Lord to like, please get me home safely. And so, um, so yeah, I kind of lived that lifestyle for, for a few years. That's crazy. So when you're going through all this, because mm-hmm. I remember there is something crazy about moving away from your family, regard, regardless of what upbringing you have. I mean, you get to college and if you're even just even a couple of hours away from your family, for me, I was two and a half hours away. Yeah. And, um, I would say my crazy phase was more in grad school because I had a religious spirit that was like, this is mm-hmm. right. This is wrong. You know, which has its own mm-hmm. little hiccups with it. So yeah. I, I went through a crazy phase more so grad school and maybe, uh, it was very short lived, but, but there's something crazy about being away from family and, and realizing now that you're in your own element that you get to create, mm-hmm. you get to create yeah. a space that you, it's just, you don't know until you're in it. So it's totally different, but while you're going through you know, you move away and you're experiencing this party life, which is so funny. If, if you guys know Brianna, it's like, <laughs> this is just funny to hear. Uh, that's how you know yeah. God is amazing. When you get, <laughs> you meet somebody on the other side of their testimony, you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to church during this time? Or did you feel like you had a relationship with God during this time? Yeah. So I actually, so when I graduated college, I think that's when I started going back to church. Um, it It's a, considered a mega church, I guess, here in San Antonio. So it was so easy for me to like slip in on Sundays and slip out and like no one noticed me. And I wanted that because I didn't want, um, you know, that conviction or I didn't want people knowing who I was because I still wanted to live this lifestyle. Um, and then there were some low moments I would have and I would reach for my Bible or I would pray, but it was never this like total surrender. Like I still, because I didn't experience that maybe in high school, like some people did, I still wanted to have this freedom and, you know, live my life before, um, before fully fully surrendering my life. Because growing up too, um, I grew up kind of in a very legalistic church. And so I just always thought God was really mean too. And I was just like, I really don't want any part of that. Christianity sounds boring. It was always forced on me. And so I really did not know this good, gracious God that I know now. And so Christianity was just very off-putting to me. Man, I feel so emotional because I remember how I grew up. I grew up in a very religious church, but I cried out in my heart. I knew there was something different because of what I, I had with what I had with God was different than what I saw the church yeah. with God that we were mm-hmm. attending. still grateful for what I had, but you yeah. know, like, Oh, um, yeah. okay. Yeah. So when you are, 
so you you graduate college you move you're in san antonio what job mm -hmm. do you take like what does your life look like because you said you went back into partying a little bit more so when did you stop yeah. and what did so what did i was yeah so i um actually worked at the abc affiliate here in san antonio so i was like the news intern turn like sports intern turn like paid sports intern to like an editor for like some newscasts and so did that um and when i graduated i got offered an internship with the spurs and i was like okay well here i am like i've i've made my way up to like being an editor i'm making decent money for someone who just graduated but I mean, come on, it's like the San Antonio Spurs, but I was going to be bumped down all the way back to like minimum wage. And I was like, you know what? I think I am willing to do that in order to get this experience and maybe you will open up a door somewhere else. And so getting into that internship, you meet people players you get into that lifestyle and you make these friends and i think that's how the partying started again was because of that lifestyle that comes with you know the nba <laughs> so crazy because like we're such big nba people you know you know my husband how he rolls yeah. he always mm -hmm. jokes that luca donch is our firstborn child i'm like prophesy <laughs> like i would love to be an nba mom put me yeah. Put me in coach. And by put me in, I mean on the floor seat, I'll be screaming for my boo babe. A little mm -hmm. nugget. I'm just kidding. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm just I'm just decreeing right now. I'm sorry. I, a rabbit trail. Okay, but <laughs> okay, but that's so like it looks very sexy. Mm -hmm. You know, for people who are listening, sorry, I'm not trying to be offensive, but to me, I think mm -hmm. oftentimes the world will hand something that looks flashy and sexy, but behind the scenes it's not as, you know, invigorating as you think. Yeah, and I look back now, and I was actually telling this to my husband the other day, I was like, even when I was one foot in and one foot out, I really feel like God was still very good to me and had his hand on me because those are some strong desires that I really had on my heart. And I really felt he was like, okay, this is what you want. I'm going to show you what this lifestyle looks like. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I, I fell back into partying and it was up to like maybe four times a week, you know, going into work hungover or going to church hungover. Yeah. And, um, and so while this is going on and I'm pretty much getting back into like this hard party stage, my parents' marriage was pretty much like at its at its end and for years we had told my mom like please divorce him please divorce him and she never would and that almost made us resent our mother as well even though she was a great mom she provided she worked you know was at every football game to watch us cheer um we started to resent her because we felt like she was allowing us to live in this environment and so they were talking about um getting a divorce and while that happened, I think that really shook my dad because they're high school sweethearts. And so they've been in love forever. And so my dad ends up having like this radical experience where he talks about being in our kitchen and um, reading the book of Revelations. And I think the verse talks about like um, you have left your first love like I know your actions. And so he said he literally felt the Holy Spirit walk into the room, go through him and sit right across from him and basically tell him like, 
we've given you chance after chance, like this is the time to get it right. And so from that day forth, my dad fully surrendered his life and hasn't touched drugs since. And, um, and so I hear this story, you know, my dad calls me and stuff and I'm like, okay, like I've heard this before. I've heard him tell me he was going to get clean, straighten up his act. And in a couple of months, he's just back to his old ways. So I'm just going to like examine from afar and just see how it goes. And so months go by and he's still clean. More months go by and he's still clean and getting more involved in the church. Now I see a change in my mom. And then months later, I start seeing a change in my sisters and just how involved they were. And I got this sense that I was getting left behind like they had something that I did not have and they had something that I wanted and so I remember I had went out and I woke up the next day and I was probably in my club clothes till like 5 p.m or something and I remember looking at myself in the mirror just being like I can't live like this anymore I know this is not the person I was created to be and so um the season had just finished And so my internship was done and I was like, I'm going to pack up my bags and I'm going to go home for a few weeks. So in the summer of 2012, I went home and I can't pinpoint like what day or what moment, but within those few weeks that I was home, the Lord did something in me. And it was like instant from like darkness to light, like my eyes just like opened up, I felt like a huge weight was lifted off me and um, dedicated my life to the Lord. I don't, you know, knowing the Lord growing up, I, because I had that twisted mentality, I don't actually think I ever gave my life to the Lord because it was so forced on me. So I would say, you know, my salvation happened that summer. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. My dad's addiction led me away from the Lord and then him getting saved. God really redeemed that area of my life and used that to bring me back to him. I have chills on my arms. I keep getting waves. <laughs> chills. It's like the people that essentially caused your lens of God to be broken were the people that also caused your eyes to be open to loving him more later on. Like that is so crazy. Like for the Lord to redeem your dad and your mom and your family so much that you're like, they have something I don't have because mm-hmm. you had something yeah. you didn't have for a while, you know, growing up, mm-hmm. this purity, this innocence, this thing, you know, like that's crazy. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, for you, when, when you're really thinking about, you know, your, it's like the light comes in and you didn't know how dark it was until the light comes in kind of thing. How would you say Mm -hmm. your lens, like, what was the shift with God? Like, how have you, how do you feel like living the way you were growing up versus now with your lens of God has shifted? Like, for sure, grace. I did not understand the concept of grace. Even when um, I got saved, I came back up to San Antonio, I immediately cut so many people out of my life. I was like, oh, you're not saved? not going to talk to you. I don't need to be around you. And there probably were some people that I really did not need to be around. But then there was also people who like, even though they weren't saved, like I could have shown them love, but I I chose to cut out so many people in my life. Um, I thought that like, 
you know, there was these instructions to being a Christian. So I had to check off like praying today, reading the Bible, going to church. And honestly, Christianity was so hard for me in the beginning, just because of the way I was raised. And then uh, finally, the church that I'm currently at now, it is called Grace Avenue. And I really feel that it's been there that I've really come to understand God's grace and his love and just that he's a good God. He's not mean. He doesn't want to punish us. And so it's just, it's just so, so different. And it's more relationship. Like I I didn't have that relationship with him. So I feel like I can go to him for anything. There's been situations where, you know, he was my everything in that moment and I needed him every single second. And so it's just like, just a total change. So, yeah. I love that. That's so amazing. I think, I think that it's so surreal. Like I said earlier, you know, I forget even people I grew up with, you know, or even my own life, it's like, oh my goodness, it's so amazing to remember how far, that's why I love Thanksgiving. Like, that's why I love thanking God and remembering, like, especially when you're in a situation where you're needing to believe for something that's impossible and you feel like you don't have faith. And so you begin to thank God and you begin to remember what he's done in your history. And you're like, oh my goodness, you know? So hearing your story, Mm -hmm. it's just so phenomenal because changing your lifestyle, even coming in like you did and coming back, how hard it is for so many people and I know it's, it's, I love, I love how you said it. It's an intense way to say, it, but it's real to cut people out of their life that aren't healthy. Cause who you surround yourself with really does affect how you're going to be able mm-hmm. to move forward. And some people may have the grace to just stand strong and firm in the new, you know, the new lens and the new anchoring that they have without moving. And some don't, I don't know. There's not an algorithm. I don't think for that, but I just think that's the leadership of God. But I, I love hearing I love, love hearing that because, um, that takes a lot. Like, I love how, and it's so innocent and pure too, what you did. You just came back and you're like, you're not a Christian. No, <laughs> I need to read my word. Yeah. I know. And, yeah. And it was, so I got saved in between like my first year of internship and my second. So when I came back for the second season, everyone knew me like as this party girl and going out and doing this and that. And I was like, no, I, I don't do that anymore. And so for a while there, people would associate me with that type of stuff. And so, yeah, it was, it was wow. very different when I came back. A, a very a big life Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. a testimony to people in itself when they see you one way and then you're no longer that way. That's just like, yeah. so cool. Because you're planting yeah, seeds in sure. people's life, whether you know it mm-hmm. or not, you know, like that, you were planting seeds by people seeing that transformation even which is awesome. Yeah, that's good. So for you, you know, I know one of the things you were mentioning to me, I would say, I think, uh, I'm not saying this in a higher than way, but I think entrepreneurs are very solution driven people, which is why we create businesses because we see something that doesn't exist, or we want to be part of the answer to something. So for you, when you have this situation, what moves, what moves your heart solution wise for people who are listening or what problem do you see and what solution do you see? Yeah. So, um, so when I got saved, like I said, um, it was like the second season. So I I finished off my, my second year of internship and then was approached to do ministry, which was so crazy to me because I was like, really like me. 
I don't know if I'm like called to this. I've worked so hard for so many years to try to like put my name out there, but I just really felt a tug now to really want to help people. I didn't know in what capacity that looked like, but I just knew I wanted to help people. And so I did ministry for the following, I don't know, five, six years. And then uh, January of 2019, or a few months before that, I really felt like the Lord was calling me out um, on my own. And so I had done social media. Social media was now becoming a big thing. And I was like, I really want to help people get started. My heart is always for like smaller businesses, the entrepreneurs who are trying to make a name for themselves, just like, you know, we are trying to, to be out there. And so I really felt like God was telling me like, okay, these talents and gifts that I've given you can kind of put them together with helping and still in itself be like a ministry. So Brianna Walters digital media was created, but then I really felt like the Lord had placed on my heart to want to share people's testimonies based off of what had happened in my life. I think I told you all this, um, right before you guys left to Dallas, um, I told you I had seen a special on like 2020 about um, just the drug pandemic here in our country. And they followed like three people and every single one of those stories did not have any hope. They all ended very badly. And I remember sitting on the couch thinking like, but there is a solution to this problem. And I want people to know that there is a hope out there. And so I really felt like God was calling me to not only share my story, but create this platform where people could come on and share their testimony and the goodness of God in their life. And so a few months ago, I created Finding the Good. It's my little passion project where Jalen has been on. And um, I have people come on and just share their share their stories. And so um, not really sure where it's going to lead to, but I just know that's a huge passion of mine. Like I said, for ever since being young, I've always had this passion to be like behind the camera, in front of the camera. I love telling people stories, um, even doing the internship with the Spurs. I love the stories off the court with like the players in the community much more than I love the actual game. And so I, yeah, I just want to continue to do that and share people's stories. I love that we're running together because we have so many similar passions. I know they're going to fuse together more as we keep going and doing life. I love it's finding the good series. Is that what it's literally called on Instagram, right? Yes. Yeah. It's called finding the good but that was taken. So the handle is finding the good series. Yeah. That's always the bummer. Somebody took the next America on Instagram and they're not using it. Uh-huh. So I had to do the next America show, which mm-hmm. is fine, which mm-hmm. is fine. But, mm-hmm. um, okay. So finding the good series, which I encourage you guys to go follow. Now here's another thing. Um, I want you to pray for people tuning in. If you have anything you want to add to what you've shared, please share that. And then would you just pray for people who are listening in? Sure. Yeah. So um, finding the good also came from um, a scripture God had given me. Uh, I know there's a lot of people at the beginning of the year, they always say like, oh, this is my word for the year. You know, I don't always get those for some reason. But last year, um, last January, I remember the Lord saying so clearly, um, he gave me the scripture Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue. Surely my goodness and unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life. And so I really 
hung on to that scripture. And I've been so intentional about trying to find the good and everything that happens because my personality, I'm very like type A, Enneagram one, very black and white. Sometimes those things just don't really make sense to me. I'm like a rule follower. So if you break the rules, I don't feel like you should be rewarded with good things. But we know that God doesn't work like that. There's no amount of works that we can do to earn his love, to earn his goodness, his faithfulness. And so I guess my encouragement would be to anyone who is out there listening um, to find the good in every situation. I know right now there's so much bad that's happening all around us. Sometimes it's even a struggle for me to want to work on social media just with everything that I see constantly. But God's goodness is all around if you're intentional looking for it. And you might not see it right away, but I promise you there's good and everything that that we go through, God's goodness. So yeah. That is like the gospel right there, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. I love you. I love what God has done in your life. That's really powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Please, please pray. Please pray for the peeps. All righty. I will do that. Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you so, so much, God. I'm so thankful for this time that I had with Jamie Lynn, where we can brag on you, God, and just lift up your name. I thank you so much for Jamie Lynn, God, and her passion that she has um, for advancing your kingdom, Lord. I just speak blessings and favor and open doors over her life, God. I pray that you would just exceed her wildest dreams, Lord. And for everyone that's listening right now, God, I just um, strongly feel led to pray for anyone who feels like they are in a hopeless situation, Father. Um, People who feel broken and just like they have nowhere else to turn to. Lord, I just speak healing over them. I speak restoration, God. I pray that you would fill in those broken places, Lord, and redeem their stories. God, we know that you take our messy things and you make them beautiful. And so right now, Lord, I pray that you would just open their eyes to see your goodness, God, the goodness that is going to come out of whatever they're facing, Lord, and that it will be a testimony and speak to so many. We love you, God, and we give you all the honor and praise. Amen. Amen. How can people find you? Well, they can find me two ways. Um, If they're interested in uh, finding the good, it is finding the good series. Um, I do have some interviews lined up, but my hope is like organically that this would grow and anyone who has a story can reach out to me and we can chat and talk about um, getting that posted. And then I'm also Brianna Zananeri, if you want to follow my, my personal account. And then Brianna Walters Digital Media is where all my business stuff is at. I love it. Well, I'll be tagging you in all of those. So that's tagged on Instagram. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. (laughs) Such a powerful voice, especially for our generation. I see so much favor on you and I see so many amazing opportunities and creative ideas. What I love is you you dream something and you do it. And that's rare. And I think because you're stewarding so well, the visions that the Lord is giving you and the dreams and the blueprints that I, I didn't just even your character and who you are, the Lord's going to, it's just going to blow your mind everywhere the Lord takes you. I, it's very adventurous future you have. It's cool. Thank you. I receive it. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so for those of you tuning in, we love you. And if you find value, please subscribe, leave a written review, share this with your friends and um, go to jamielinwallnow.com and click support to join the tribe. And when you join our tribe, it's a minimum of $10 enough $10 a month, enough, $10 enough, $10 a month. Um, and you can go higher and it supports this podcast and it supports the next America show, which is geared towards Christian Gen Z and millennials informing them in every sphere of influence. And I'm super pumped about you guys seeing how we're revamping that we're shooting a pilot this week. So it'll probably be up by the time this airs. So go check it out. The next America show and Jamie Lynn well Love y'all. And we'll see you next week with set apart.